things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as I love to do. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. Brittany Griner, star player for the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, former three-time All-American, okay, starred at Baylor University, Gold medalist for the United States of America, that Brittany Griner was released from a penal colony in Russia and was scheduled, as I'm speaking to you, to return to the United States. She was already on a plane out of Russia. And it got me to thinking. Some people would say Brittany Griner's one story. Others would say Lamar Jackson for the Baltimore Ravens of the National Football League is another story. Others would say Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees who just resigned or agreed to resign with the New York Yankees for a nine-year, $360 million deal is another story. Three separate stories. Yes, Stephen. They said, what the hell are you doing? Mention them all in the same breath. What does one story have to do with another? I'll tell you how. There's a system that comes with each. There's a system hovering under an umbrella of people within the United States of America Indicating to you that there is a game that needs to be played. In order for you to succeed and prosper. I can tell you right now. Some people play the game very well. Some people don't. And before I get into it, Brittany Griner, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Judge, you think about who's played the game well and who hasn't. Who has it? In some cases, y'all going to say, yo, Stephen A., be careful. This is Brittany Griner you talk about. Ain't no damn game at all. She was detained in February. She was tried and ultimately convicted in August. She was sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. Ain't nothing about that a game. Want to make a bet? Just because I said it's a game doesn't mean I said it. 
She's the one playing. She was clearly part of the game. Did you miss it? See, we got to think about those things. And I'm delaying getting into it because I want you to first comprehend the seriousness of what I'm talking about because it's something that plagues us in our society today. It's something that plagues me. Not just a willingness, but an ability to know what the game is and how to play it or even knowing what it is so you can decide whether you want to play it or you don't. We don't talk about this stuff enough in our society. That's why we end up finding ourselves in compromising situations there, I say. Because we're not looking at the forest from the trees. We're stuck thinking just about what we're thinking about. And sometimes the big picture escapes us. And we end up finding ourselves in situations that may be a bit dicey. Robert Devon. God rest his soul. I used to call him Mr. D. Mentor of mine at Winston-Salem State University. Head of the telecommunications department there. Passed away after a long bout with cancer in about 2008. God rest his soul. And there wasn't a day that went by where he didn't explain to me. Know the game. Because when you know it, you can decide whether you want to play it or not. And if you do decide to play it, you'll know how to play it. I can't wait till my book Straight Shooter comes out on January 17th. A little more than a month from now. When y'all see some of the things where there will be a litany of errors that I made. Because I ain't know how to play the game. You got to know. You got to know where the minefields lie, where the potholes lie, where the trap wires are. You got to know where all of that stuff is. And I bring up Brittany Griner and Lamar Jackson and Aaron Judge for a reason because I'm here to tell you. At least one person played the game right. One, arguably two. Not so much. And please don't get it twisted. I understand that the Brittany Griner situation ain't a game at all. I am so happy and ecstatic that she is home or heading home safe and sound to being in the arms of her family and loved ones. Her wife, Sherelle, speaking at the White House on Thursday morning beside President Biden, President Biden and the Biden administration doing a damn good job getting her home. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, she was convicted in August. It ain't even Christmas yet. And she's home. She's coming home. Okay. Others in captivity in Russia under, dare we say, highly questionable circumstances, they didn't get to come home with her. Paul Whelan is still there. He's been locked up for four years. They bring him home. His brother, David Whelan, was on CNN Thursday morning, class personified. Happy for Brittany Griner and her family. Didn't say a negative word. His son, his brother, I'm sorry. He's not home. There's a lot to all of this. And don't think for one second that I'm escaping the fact either that, you know what, if you're Brittany Griner, you came home. But do you understand the price? 
that was paid. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm ecstatic. Speaking for on behalf of myself, my team, my colleagues at ESPN and beyond, I don't know a person who isn't ecstatic for Brittany Griner and the fact that she's home. But it hasn't escaped anybody what price the United States had to pay in order to bring her home. She's a basketball player. One, critics, not me, but critics brought up, didn't want to stand and didn't want to participate in the singing of the national anthem during the whole social justice movement. You know, you had people questioning her patriotism and feeling that that was a reason to be unsympathetic to her when she was in the penal colony. This is what they did. I want to emphasize that when Stephen A, Stephen A didn't do that. Stephen A's fear was, could y'all shut the hell up, please? Everybody. Because this is Vladimir Putin we talking about. And if this man is willing to bomb hospitals, bomb elementary schools, okay, and invade a country when the global stratosphere is against him and he don't give a damn, why would he care about her? I was very nervous for Brittany Griner. I was scared to say anything because you don't know what Putin might have done. That's how he rolls. He don't care. He operates according to his own rules. And I was very worried about Brittany Griner. But understand what was given up for her release. We've got this Russian arms dealer. Victor Bout is his name. Think about the discrepancy in the crimes. Griner was sentenced to a Russian penal colony for possession of a single gram of cannabis oil. That's it. That's it. Bout is allegedly the most prolific arms dealer of the past few decades. He is accused of being somebody who's fueled conflicts in Africa and beyond. And more specifically, was convicted in a U.S. court of plotting to kill United States citizens. Think about the discrepancy there. Think about that. The career history of Victor Bout. He was considered labeled the merchant of death. Spent 14 years in jail for and was extradited to the United States over what was termed a complex sting by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency. This is according to an article I'm reading right here on CNN. In which he was duped into agreeing to supply weapons to U.S. agents pretending to be Colombian terrorists. Weapons intended in the sting to kill Americans. Ladies and gentlemen, that's who we let out of prison and allowed to return to Russia in exchange for Brittany Griner. And we're allowing him to return to Russia at a time that Russia has now invaded Ukraine has killed thousands of people 
and supposedly, according to reports, are in need of arms. What the hell you think Victor Bowles is going to go back to doing? Being a school teacher or something? What do you think he's going to do? That's who Brittany Griner was let go for. No matter how you slice it, games were played. Vladimir Putin snatched a popular public figure that happened to be a basketball player and exchanged her for one of the most prolific arms dealer in world history. Y'all think he didn't know what he was doing? Think again, please. There's always a game to be played. And I'll get into Brittany Griner, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Judge in a minute to tell you how those three stories collide when it comes to playing games, particularly in corporate America and beyond. Gets very, very interesting when you think about it. I'll explain in a minute. Right here on No Mercy. Stephen A. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Knowing the game, what game you're in, is the first order of business before you gotta learn how to play the game. You gotta know the game. You're Brittany Griner. I wanna emphasize again, I'm happy for her. I wanna applaud the WNBA, the NBA, and the basketball community. I want to applaud people like Angela Rye and and Ashley Phillips on CNN and various others who have been reporting on this. ESPN's very own TJ Quinn has done an outstanding job reporting on the matter as well. A lot of people deserve a lot of credit. Nobody wanted to bring this up because nobody wanted to negatively influence Brittany Griner's return. It's not insulting. It's not denigrating. It's not throwing shade on her in any way to ask this question, though. You know you was going over there to make some money. You know you was going over there to play basketball. But damn, didn't you know Vladimir Putin's president? And that a war was about to take place in Ukraine, my Lord. You know, you're thinking nothing would touch you or anybody else because why would you matter? What we've learned is that anybody could be a political pawn at any time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd be scared to go to Russia. I'd be scared to go to Russia. So I want to emphasize, I'm not insulting her in any way. I'm just saying the one difference between me and Brittany Griner, I'd have been, excuse my language, I'd have been scared shitless. The panic would have hit me. I would have been like this. Look, man, I'm seeing on TV all the time in America. They might notice me in Russia. I ain't going. That's what I would have thought. Because I'd be scared. They'd snatch me up. They would have believed that they could have used me as political fodder. Now, they say she had the cannabis oil in her bag. I don't put it past anybody that planted that in her bag personally. If I need some mechanation in place to position me to have political leverage while I know I'm getting ready to go to war because I'm getting ready to invade Ukraine because I want that territory back that I lost years ago that Vladimir Putin was on record saying he wanted back and everybody in America knew he wanted back. Anybody that pays attention to politics, that is. I would have been scared to death to go to Russia. Now, that's me. 
That's me. So that's one element of knowing the game. You know, one of the reasons, and I'm going to go here, this has nothing to do with politics. And it has nothing to do with Brittany Griner. Nothing. Nothing. But I just want to use this as an aside, Rashawn, Sherry, Michael, Greg. I just want to use this as an aside. That's part of the reason we knew Jesse Smollett was lying. You know how we knew Jesse Smollett was lying? What the hell you doing going out to Subway in the middle of the night in Chicago to a Subway shop? In other words, we, as black folk, we didn't know. We still don't know. I mean, he was convicted of lying and stuff like that, but we don't know. We weren't there. What I'm saying is, when the brother said that he was going out for a Subway sandwich in Chicago, and it was, what, in minus 20? It just gave us cause to pause. You know what I'm saying? I'm not getting any details. I'm just simply saying the cold weather in Chicago, if you're going to leave 2 o'clock in the morning, you ain't going out for a Subway sandwich. That's just not what we do. That's just not what we do. You got people teasing him, calling him Juicy Smolay and all of this other stuff. I'm not doing that. That's not me. That's not, it's Jesse. That's his name. I'm going to call the brother by his name. But damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it's all right. As, as Bernie Mac, the late great Bernie Mac once said, kings of comedy, we love him, we miss him. We all the same, but we different. We all the same, but we different. Okay? I, he said, I like white people, but we different. We not the same. White people. Black folks do not go out 2 o'clock in the morning for a Subway sandwich in minus 20-degree weather. It does not happen. It does not happen. Now, in L.A., and the weather's 60, 70, 80. It's like, all right, go fine. That's fine. But not in minus 20-degree weather. We don't do that. You know how you see them white folks out there, like they calling themselves Eskimos or polar bears or whatever, when they in the cold water and they jump in there and they half naked and it's minus 20 degrees or 30 degrees outside? When have you seen a black person doing that? Find him. I want to meet him. I'm trying to tell you, if you do, God bless you. You got a better chance of finding gold in the Titanic than the deepest parts of the ocean before you find somebody black doing that. It's just not what we do. It's just not what we do. We got a hard time taking the cold shower. You know, you got those people, they be on Instagram and all of this stuff, and they giving you all kind of health tips and stuff like that. All you got to do is take the turn the water and make the water cold. And if you stay in there three minutes, it would do wonders for your body. What black person you know advocates that? Find him or her. Who are they? It's not what we do. I've tried it for 30 seconds. That's how long I lasted. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. It's hard. I only bring all of that up to say there's certain things that we don't do if we know because we panicky. You, Brittany Griner, one would surmise you didn't pay a lot of attention to what was going on between Russia and Ukraine because the thought of that would have most folks like, nah, nah, I'm not going. Got to know that game. The other side to this is that the United States did a good job in getting Brittany Griner home. And I'm not trying to put a value or compare lives or whatever because 
We're not doing that on this podcast. We show respect for all life. But make no mistake about it. If you're an arms dealer that was accused of plotting to kill American citizens and Russia has been trying, they hold you in such high regard that they have spent over a decade trying to get you released from prison in the United States of America. And now they get you while they're in the midst of a war with Ukraine and purportedly in need of arms, you've essentially, potentially, potentially put our very own government in a position where somebody who was convicted of plotting to kill Americans has now been released and unleashed on the world for Brittany Griner. I'll leave that to the political aficionados and what have you to debate the significance of that, how it works for or against the United States, et cetera, et cetera. Clearly, they wanted Paul Whelan. They wanted others released. Russia made it very, very clear. It's not open for discussion. It's Brittany Griner or nothing. That's how it went down, and that's what it is. But Russia clearly knew how to play a game better than a lot of us. There's no denying it. There's no denying it. We're very, very ecstatic that she is home to her family and her loved ones. We wish her nothing but the best. No doubt about it. But a lot was given up. Lamar Jackson wishes the Baltimore Ravens would give up a lot. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we can question stuff about Brittany Griner as happy as we are that she's home. What cannot be questioned is that Lamar Jackson doesn't seem to be playing his cards right. Lamar Jackson was in a position, ladies and gentlemen, to sign a contract for $200-plus He has not signed that contract yet. He has bet on himself. I have been a strong adversary of Lamar Jackson being on the field in the National Football League. Without a contract. It's the National Football League. It is considered arguably the most violent sport in the world. I don't know about cricket. Never watched it. Maybe that's violent. Um, soccer, yeah, you gotta guard those calves. Wear those calf pads and those knee pads. Uh, UFC, boxing speaks for itself. But football, they say, it's like a truck hitting you going 40 or 50 miles an hour. One injury can cost you everything. And Lamar Jackson said, bump it, I'm going to bet on me. And then just got hurt. So he's scheduled to be out this week. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Last year, he missed the last four games of the season or so. The Baltimore Ravens lost the last five games of the year. And to me, it's a problem. And why do I bring it up as a problem? Because, again, Lamar Jackson does not have an agent. He represents himself, and I think he's got his mother or somebody. I don't know specifically. But, damn it, it ain't a certified, seasoned, experienced agent representing athletes in the National Football League. That is not what he has. And what he has is a situation where he's basically saying to himself and to all of us, I don't trust 
the system. Why should this agent get this money? I'm a superstar. Here's what I demand. You know that organizations don't want to sit across from you at the negotiating table telling you why you ain't worth what you're asking for. They don't want to do that. Now, if you got the last year of your contract and stuff like that, I get all of that. You want to bet on you, I get all of that. Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. They now have just one franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. They got two. They can franchise him this year for next season, and they can franchise him next year for the following season. So because he can be franchised, he can't go nowhere. If you can't go anywhere and you want to get your money, why wouldn't you sign a damn contract? Now, there's some that's saying, well, wait a minute now. Maybe they undercut him. We, in fairness to Lamar Jackson, we haven't heard everything, guys. We haven't heard everything. But here's what we know. We know you're stepping out on that football field. And we know, I think your number's at about $23 million right now, but the reality of the situation is, is that it's going to be close to $200 million. I can't imagine that Russell Wilson would get $165 million and Kyler Murray would get $189 million and Deshaun Watson would get $230 million, but you ain't going to even get $200 million. I just can't see that. It's got to be $200 million. It's got to be $200 million. And if that's the case, what the hell are you waiting for? You betting on you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a person that's counting on his game and his talents, but is not paying enough attention to the specter of potential injury hovering over him. He ain't in front of a microphone talking, giving his opinions. And your definition of being out on the field to play is shooting basketball recreationally or getting in the weight room with your brother-in-law. That's not what he's doing. He going out on a football field against grown-ass men that got mortgages to pay and families to feed and livelihoods on the line. What you think they're going to do to him if they get a chance to get their hands on him? We just saw the other day. That is what happened to Lamar Jackson. And that is the problem. He ain't playing the game right. I don't give a damn what nobody say. Now, he might end up having it all pay off because he might get on the field, play lights out. Hell, might win a Super Bowl. I don't think so. I can't see them being Kansas City, Cincinnati, or Buffalo. Can't see them being Dallas or Philadelphia or San Francisco. But, hell, it's the NFL. This parody, he might pull it off. Or he might incur an injury that'll cost him his livelihood. It cost him everything. Because you don't have an agent. Because you think you got all the answers. And because you're too stubborn to make a deal. And therefore, you're jeopardizing yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, we pray for a reason. Don't you get up every morning and thank God that you're still alive and you get to live and see another day? Don't you go to sleep thanking God for the day that you've had? praying that you'll be able to wake up the next morning so you'll have another day. Lamar Jackson is not doing that. You know what Lamar Jackson is doing, y'all? It's not another day. Two more years. That's what he's doing. He's betting on himself for two more years by not signing these deals. I don't think it's wise. I don't think it's smart. And I didn't even bring up the fact that this kid Huntley who's the reserve quarterback, the backup quarterback, can play some ball 
And he might go out there and win a few games. And they might say, hey, we want Lamar, but we'll be there and we got to pay him $200 million for it. And still make him wait. You just never know. So that's somebody I don't think is playing the game. In one hand, we got Brittany Griner, who didn't seem to know the game. We got Lamar Jackson, who has an unwillingness to play the game. And then there's Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Yeah, I know they throw 95-mile-per-hour fastballs. Yeah, I know getting hit with one of them things hurts like hell. Actually, I don't know because I never got hit by a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, and I don't want to, but that's beside the point. Yeah, I know taking those swings can alter your back, your hip, your arm, or elbow, or whatever, but here's what I do know. A lot of times, you don't really, really have to worry about sustained injuries outside of a pitcher in the sport of Major League Baseball. There's the occasional ACL tears, the hamstring tears or strains and stuff like that. But for the most part in baseball, you out on the field chewing on some pumpkin seeds. That's what you're doing. Sitting up there with your shades on while all of us at work punching clocks, working nine to five or beyond. You sitting out there in outfield spectating. For all I know, you asking the fans to slide you some caramel popcorn from time to time. Defensively. Offensively, you coming up to bat about four to five times a game. And in Aaron Judge's case, the brother smacked 62 home runs. Eclipsed Roger Maris' single-season home run record. And for the record, that's Barry Bonds' title. Let me offend y'all right now. He's Barry Bonds. He's Barry Bonds, okay? You can talk to me about steroids and all of that other stuff. I'm not denying it. I'm saying I don't care. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa shouldn't have excerpts from the book, A Game of Shadows, with everybody celebrating them knowing they cheating. If you didn't do that, Barry Bonds, who was better than both of them, even when they were on steroids, wouldn't have felt compelled to say, let me show you all what I could do if I was on steroids. You took the money. I never recall Major League Baseball or any other network, TBS or any of them, give back the money Barry Bonds generated with the home run chases. They kept the money. The lure, the pomp and circumstances, they capitalized off of all of that monetarily. Don't come to me with some nonsense about Barry Bonds. And by the way, 103 people on a list called the Mitchell Report being accused of taking steroids. Which one of them hit 73 home runs? There was one man. That was him. But I digress. My point is, in bringing up Aaron Judge, is that he did smack 62 home runs. He did ball out for the New York Yankees. And when they offered him a seven-year, $230 million deal, he told him to go kick rocks. Bet on himself, came back this season, smacked 62 home runs, and all those other stats he had in his favor. He had the San Francisco Giants purportedly interested in him. The San Diego Padres purportedly interested in him. Had you believe it, he might even be willing to go over to Queens, which would have been sacrilegious. To go from the Yankees to the New York Mets is not something you do. Not when you believe in winning. Because the Yankees doing the Mets don't necessarily do it as much. 
And yet, one season later, he went from seven years and $230 million to nine years and $360 million. That is a two-year, $130 million increase in contract negotiations. He shut up, he played, and he let his agent and their marketing team build and foment a level of momentum that had the Yankees in absolute unequivocal panic mode to the point where they relented and they've given a guy about to turn 31 years of age a nine-year deal where he will be paid an average of $40 million a year until he's 40. Ladies and gentlemen, my old buddy, God rest his soul, Stuart Scott from ESPN, used to say all the time, don't hate the player, hate the game. Whether he was right or wrong, what's undeniable is that we all got to know the game. Some people do. Some people don't. That's the point that I was trying to make. And bring it up, Brittany Griner, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Judge. I think I've made my point. But I got a little bit more for you in a minute. This is No Mercy with Stephen A. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? It's just important to me that we all know how to play the game. I couldn't wait to do this podcast because I wanted to talk about that. And by the way, it's Jesse Smollett. I just said Jesse Smollett because I was imitating Dave Chappelle. Listen, I didn't call him juicy like Jamie Foxx did. I just said Jesse. He should be happy with that. The point that I'm trying to make, guys and ladies, is this. I remember when I came to my staff and I'm like, Brittany Griner, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Judge. And I'm talking about knowing how to play the game. And my staff loved it, but they were trying to figure out how the hell are you going to compile all three? It's very, very simple. At the end of the day, it comes down to knowing how to play the game. And you can't play a game that you don't know exists. Ladies and gentlemen, I show up to work every day understanding there's a game with everything we have to do. Some games I'm willing to play. Some games are necessary to play because they're unavoidable. And then there are other games that you don't need to play. If it's Brittany Griner, I'm paying attention to the Russian-Ukraine war. And I'm not going over to Russia. Period. That's me. But my God, I'm happy she's back because she didn't deserve that. She didn't do some cannabis, an ounce of cannabis, all of a sudden. Well, come on. Stop it. We all know what time it is with that. We all know what they were going to do. But we also know that here in the United States of America, this marvelous, wonderful athlete 
who was absolutely sensational for Baylor for years. Played at Baylor for four years. 131 wins, four Sweet 16s, three Elite Eights, two Final Fours, and a national title in her career. So she won a national title. Okay? She won a national title. Think about that. She won a national title, averaged over 30 wins a year, went to the Sweet 16 all four years, went to the Elite Eight three of the four years, went to the Final Four two of those years, and won a national title. And this coach that she played for all four years, Kim Mulkey, didn't even want to voice words of support on her behalf. Didn't even want to voice words of support. When she was asked by a reporter, now mind you, this is months ago, in September, when she was asked by a reporter, the reporter says, I just want to get your thoughts on the Britney Griner situation. I don't think I've seen anything from you on that. She snapped back, who's now, Kim Mulkey's now Louisiana State, by the way. She snaps back, and you won't. Never wanted to voice anything. And only when pushed and prodded during another interview, Tiger Rag Radio in June. This was in June that she did that, by the way. She says, I pray for Brittany. I want her home safely. And I think there's lots of people speaking out on her behalf. And those of us who don't necessarily speak publicly about it certainly are praying for her. You weren't that supportive. There's a lot of people that weren't that supportive of Brittany Griner. Because they looked at her when she didn't want to stand for the national anthem or didn't want to be out there present. And they said she's unpatriotic. Because we know that the whole national anthem deal hijacked by former president Donald Trump was politicized and turned into an issue of patriotism when it had nothing to do with patriotism. And you got a whole bunch of people that use that as an excuse. Now, to be fair, that same coach, Kim Mulkey, spoke after learning of Brittany Griner's release. So in fairness to her, let's read her quote. God is good. Prayers are powerful. That's what Coach Mulkey at LSU told ESPN. Brittany is on her way home where she belongs. Our prayers remain with her and her family as they recover and heal together. You're Brittany Griner. If it's Stephen A., and I've taken those positions, and I know Russia's about to invade Ukraine, I would know that if something happened to me, the United States is the help that I would need in order to get me out of that penal colony, and I wouldn't have gone. I'd have been scared to death. Because I would have known that in this land of the free, the home of the brave that is the United States of America, you know something, ladies and gentlemen? Russia ain't the United States. What happened to Brittany Griner was wrong. She did nothing wrong. I want to emphasize that. I completely support her. I'm just telling you how I would have thought I would have been in panic mode to go over there, even though there was an exorbitant amount of money for her to be paid, that she wasn't necessarily getting paid playing in the WNBA. And that probably factored into her decisions as well. So we're not throwing any shade. I'm just talking about looking at the political landscape and not being fearful enough. In the case of Lamar Jackson, my brother, one injury is going to cost you $200 million. One. A broken leg, a broken ankle, anything that would impede and inhibit your ability to do what we're accustomed to seeing you do on Sunday afternoons, some Sunday nights, some Thursday nights. One injury. $200 million. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what Stephen A would do. I'd do one of two things. I'd sign that contract or I wouldn't leave my house. 
I'd be scared I'd trip going to the mailbox. I ain't doing a damn thing till I get that $200 million. That's me. I'm not driving in the car. I'm not driving in the car. I'm not doing anything. And by the way, as an aside, hold on, I'm getting emotional right now. Did I tell y'all I hit a deer? I hit a deer. I'm 55 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. That's 39 years. I've never hit anything in my life other than a car that skidded in front of me. Yeah, I did once run into the wall at Burger King on 179th Street in Queens when I was trying to park and, and, and I went a little bit too far and bumped into the wall. That's true too. But I've never hit anything that was a child of God. And children of God ain't just human beings. They're all creatures of God. I accidentally killed the deer. I was traumatized for weeks. My man Rashawn called me. Whoa, 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 what's up, man? I said, I, I, I just don't want to talk right now. He thought I was having personal issues. It was personal. I hit a deer. I still remember it right now. What a good feeling. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about. What if it was one of those dares that would have totaled my car and damaged me? And I had $200 million at stake. I would have got cost $200 million about a deer. I ain't taking that chance. I ain't doing anything. Nothing. See the difference? That's me compared to Lamar Jackson. Matter of fact, I don't want anybody over my house while I'm doing that because I don't know what they might do to me. I might get hit with a pool stick while I'm playing some pool. I don't know. I'm not, nothing is getting in the way of my $200 million. Damn it, I might eat right and healthy. Food poisoning might cause me. I don't know what it is. Anything. I ain't taking that chance. If I'm Aaron Judge, I do nothing differently. I bet on myself. Because that's what it's about. You're betting on yourself, but you didn't necessarily take those risks. Because you knew down the pike there was going to be some money waiting for you. It was just a matter of how much. And you knew you were going to be a free agent. You couldn't be franchised not once but twice by the New York Yankees. So all you had to do was play until this season was over. And then the ball's in your court. And he was undervalued, clearly, because he got a two-year, $130 million extra from the Yankees. We hate the game. We hate the games corporations play, entities play. But above all else, remember this. Slavery is gone. People use hyperbole like that and hyperbolic words like slavery and stuff like that. You have freedom of choice. You don't have to work for that organization. You don't have to play for that team. You don't have to play in that league. You don't have to be a participant. You choose to. And when you choose to do those things, understand the games that come with it. Know where the minefields lie. That's how you best avoid them. To live another day and prosper. Thank God Brittany Griner's back home. 
the whole basketball community, both the NBA and the WNBA, speaking out and bringing noise and attention and focus to her issues. Thank God it's worked that she is home. Thank God Lamar Jackson didn't suffer a season-ending or career-ending injury. And thank goodness Aaron Judge is Aaron Judge. We don't have to like the games we have to play, ladies and gentlemen. Hell, we don't even have to play them. But at the very least, know what exists so you can know what to avoid. That's it. I'm out. Y'all take care of yourselves. Enjoy your weekend. I'll holler at you. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, right here on No Mercy. And yes, I love my sports. But as always, I remind you yet again, you don't have to know sports to know mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Until the next installment. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.